to World Changes, a podcast exploring the trends making an enduring mark on our world of work and how business leaders, HR teams and internal communicators can stay one step ahead. Extreme weather events around the globe this year have hammered home the real impacts of climate change. That means some people have only just woken up to what the rest of us have been banging on about for decades. Companies that don't address sustainability and bring their employees along on the journey invite risk. It's a privilege to be environmentally conscious and broadly speaking, climate engagement tends to increase with education and income, but the emergency we're facing needs more people at the table. Just as diversity supercharges business performance, addressing our impact on the planet demands new ideas, smarter decision-making and the ability to solve problems quickly. How can we create an equal playing field so we can tackle this crisis together? In this episode, I sit down with consultant and sustainability champion Harry Grouts to talk about a fairer climate transition and how small behavioural shifts can create big positive change. But first, we had a few questions for our essay colleagues. Every day we're bombarded by messages from countries, companies and communities of grand green commitments and sky-high sustainability strategies. But when we're faced with so much noise, it can be hard for anything to cut through. So we asked the team, what was the last sustainability comms campaign that has stuck in your head? Hi, my name is Ushu and I'm the newest addition to the project management team here at Scarlett Abbott. Last week, I really liked UK TV's announcement that it will use one million worth of its own airtime across all its channels to encourage viewers to make more sustainable lifestyle choices. I think it's a very effective comms campaign as it shows UK TV's commitment to sustainability, and I hope it will bring meaningful conversations with the help of some myth-busting, which will ideally then impact leadership decisions across all the businesses as well. Hi, I'm Kate Went, Marketing Manager at Scarlett Abbott. Thinking about sustainability campaigns that have stuck in my head, apart from Apple's Mother Nature campaign, which I love, I keep coming back to a company called Rapa Nui, and it's not because of their advertising, it's just because of the way they are as a company. So they are a clothing company, they are based in the UK, they are on a mission to kind of go against the grain of fast fashion and to be circular in design. So everything they produce is made to order to stop waste, and as it uh sort of becomes no longer needed as clothing does eventually, they encourage you to send it back where it becomes reprocessed and respun into new organic yarn that's then used for more clothing going forward. So everything is kind of recycled and brought back. Um, the factories that they use are solar powered. They are very much about kind of giving back into um, the environment, planting new trees, reducing carbon footprints, looking at everything they can do across their supply chain to make it more sustainable. And I just really like their whole ethos. Um, I think that what they're on a mission to do is a great example of what other companies should be doing. And I just love how they tell their story and how they've kind of evolved their journey over the years. Plus, they make a great product and a fairly priced product. And I I think that they are really sort of setting a trend that other companies could learn from. Hi, my name's Olivia and I'm a post-production assistant at Scarlett Abbott. The last sustainability campaign that made a lasting impression on me was the What's Next Patagonia advert. With sustainability being a popular topic of conversation for many companies, and rightly so, it's always nice to see what a well-established company like Patagonia who has a clear dedication to sustainability, decides to put out there. 
They were among the first to use recycled materials in their products, supporting grassroots environmental organisations and advocating for corporate responsibility. Their self-imposed earth tax of 1% for the planet actively supports environmental non-profits. The documentary style advertising showcasing real people and real issues works so well. It's not just a commercial, it's a story. It effectively communicates the urgency of environmental challenges while instilling a sense of hope and potential for change. It's not just about showing off their products, it's about presenting their values and issues that they care about. They are not just telling you what they stand for, they're showing you, and that's incredibly impactful. Purpose over profit and collaboration over competition, it's like they're saying, this is who we are, and this is what we believe in. The campaign doesn't solely focus on highlighting the gravity of environmental challenges, it emphasises the vast possibilities for positive change. A business that walks a talk and talks about it more to influence others. Hi, I'm Charlie Feesby and I'm an editorial assistant. What catches attention? What makes headlines? While there are many quiet and confident sustainability comms campaigns from companies tackling food waste, public transport and the move to all electric vehicles, they're often drowned out on my newsfeed by one radical political movement. Just stop oil. Whenever they make an appearance, whether it be blocking motorways, climbing bridges, or painting hotel doors at energy forums with their signature shade of orange, it's breaking news. Only a couple of weeks ago, Greta Thunberg was on our front pages again after being arrested at just such a protest. This civil resistance, as they describe it, puts me in two minds. Blocking a motorway, for example, impacts the people just trying to make their way to work or visit family and friends. It's protesting at the expense of other ordinary people. But no matter your opinion on their actions, it does get people talking about the climate crisis. Would less radical actions really make headlines? Apple's new Mother Nature sustainability video was a big hit, but it wasn't front page news. I wonder though, do these stunts turn people off making the necessary changes to our daily lives that tackling the climate crisis needs? Is bad press good for our sustainability goals? They say all press is good press, but not when it turns those people who should be with you against you. It's a big question that I don't have the answer to. But in the meantime, it seems Just Stop Oil will continue to make headlines and the less radical campaigns featuring fun celebrity cameos will be added to the recycling bin of history. Harry Grout is a fully accredited carbon literate human. What does that mean? We'll have to ask him, but I do know he is super passionate about the people part of the sustainability equation. So let's get into it. Harry, welcome to World Changers. Thank you. Hello. Let's start with carbon literacy then. Just uh, tell me what that actually means and why you are it. Carbon literacy is a education initiative set up by the, the Carbon Literacy Project or organisation, and it's all about levelling up anybody from professionals to individuals, their understanding of what climate change is and what we need to do to combat it. And it's focusing on carbon, but it encapsulates all things in terms of like greenhouse gases as well. So it's a two day, for mine, it was a two day course to talk about the science based things that make up what's affecting our climate. And then from there, it's then specified into your particular sector. So the aim from that, from when you become carbon literate, is that you have you you commit to making a change in your sector, in your industry, in your community, and whether from an individual personal level to as part of a group. And that's nice. what carbon literacy is. 
Thank you so much. And I, and I guess that's one of the ways you're trying to, I suppose, e- equal and level the playing field around carbon, which is in what we wrote this world changer about, um, like what, what an equal and fair playing field means. I know it's something you're really passionate about. I suppose, what, why is that so important? Why do we need that leveling up? It's incredibly important because if you think from where conversation happened, but if we go back all the way to pre-COP26 or back in like 2019, 2020, sustainability, climate change was being talked by scientists. It was all about the the, the chemicals and all the, the jargon around it. And it was just very much a part of that small sector of people, you know, who, who were educated enough to talk about it. But what was happening then is it wasn't spreading out into the problems we're having today. You know, we're seeing all these great storms and storms, you know, Babbitt that's happening. So why it's important that we level up at everybody, and we've seen it from when COP26 happened, is that it's not going to be solved by scientists. It's not going to be solved by governments. It's going to be solved by people. It's going to be solved by communities, people who are passionate about where they live and the things that they are literally around them. They're the ones who are going to find the solutions. And that's what leveling up, in, in my view, in terms of what we could talk about internal communications, it's like we need to level up everybody to a position where they are empowered empowered with the knowledge and the understanding and the drive to actually create a change in their own little local world. Because those small actions that everybody does to be a bit more sustainable here, to reduce carbon here, to support communities over there, all those little things will add up to one big change. But you can't get there until everybody needs to level up to that understanding of what they can do for themselves personally and as a team. And is that so, is that where roadmaps come in? Yes, it is. Roadmaps are really important because they set the tone, they set the direction, but they also they have a role into making the complex simple. Sustainability is huge, you know, it's environment, it's people, it's society, it's animals, it's plants, it's things you can't even see. And it's also the things like in terms of like, you know, the gender pay gap and diversity and inclusion. It's like it's it's essentially life is what sustainability is. And how do you start to communicate that to your staff? Because you kind of like, it's, even from a business leader, it must be like, I don't know, where would you start? So what roadmaps do is they go, right, you've, it helps you focus on your more immediate things that you can have an impact on. And then you can use those roadmaps to translate that to your people, to your employees. Where they short fall is they're not, sometimes they can be not very action orientated. They're very much like, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2030 brilliant what are the milestones we're going to do to get there i like that and i like your your phrasing like sustainability is life because i think that just means it's something that everybody can get their head around but you're right the topics underneath it are pretty broad as it is and there's loads and loads of nuance like people spend their life their careers studying something as complicated as diversity and inclusion how to get it right and they learn and learn and learn and i guess how do you make sure that you set definable and realistic goals in your roadmap to make sure that actually we hold people to account. It sounds daft, but it's like co-create. That's what it comes down to is as a leaders of a business, you set the direction and the strategy. But if you actually want to make it actionable and things can actually be achieved, you need to go to the front line all the way. And everybody from the top to the bottom, they need to be involved in that co-creation because they're the ones who can see actually is something actually possible. And actually you can push them to go, well, why can't it be possible? So that's why what's really key to help you can make it feel like it's actually like, can this actually be done? Bring people along. I'm quite a big believer in everyone is a solutionist. 
because that's what we need at this in, in terms of sustainability at the moment. There's been a lot of talk, and arguably, if you're a business, you can go, "Well, is a roadmap right for me? Do we need to have a sustainability roadmap?" People fall into it because it goes, "Everyone's done it. Everyone needs to put a map together." But is it a map? Actually, is it just not more definable solutions that we need to achieve? Like, what are those questions we need to solve? Rather than saying we're going to be carbon neutral by 2030, is it more like how are we going to be carbon neutral by 2030? And then you can bring people along that journey co-create those solutions and just try and if it works and spread out further if it doesn't try why not take those lessons and maybe try again well i promise i promise that businesses have these people in their organizations as well like i mm-hmm. i work with a massive professional services client and um, i'm often kind of nosing around as a bit of a journalist in their business trying to find the people And I have been so impressed at the number of people who've been interested in sustainability as a topic when they have, I suppose, been impressive about it. The leaders of that business have gone, oh, they've got a real need and a passion for this. And actually, it might help us work with our clients better, fulfill our purpose and do something different. So they've they've seconded various people. So they might have seconded them to a task force in the government or they might have seconded them to like a large festival or something like that, that pulls focus and attention on this topic, brings and convenes the right people in the room. I guess to all businesses, don't be surprised that there are many people in your organization who are willing to do it if you give them a chance. And if you give them, if you give them almost like the permission, set out the goals for them as well. What are they going to achieve on their secondment? What are they going to do as part of their role? But like you, Harry, you know, you're our sustainability champion, right? Yeah. And do you know what? It's absolutely right. It's all about setting that sort of that clear contract up front. You know, it's like we might have as leaders we've set where we want to go but there's a get give here like we this is where we want to go we want you to come with us what do you need from us to help you do that and setting up that contract and you're right it is that permission because some people might have great ideas and maybe they're just on the front line like what is in place to for someone who's got an idea to bring that to the table you know how do you do that in a safe way that people just go well i I, it's a great idea but i don't know if i can speak to my manager about it am i going out of place to do this how do you create that safe space and that's what the role i think with internal comms you can help do that historically internal comms support sustainability and the role of internal communicators shouldn't just be that funnel to push stuff out. It should be there to collaborate with them, to share best practice, to challenge them, to then to challenge others, because that's where that role is really, really key. And that's where leaders of the business should see the value in internal comms, because sustainability will drive a higher commerciality. We see it in loads of other businesses and other industries, but internal comms has a particular role to help achieve that in the future as well. If you leave it just a sustainability lot, you won't get there. You, there needs to be a, as you say, like a task force even internally of like, how are we going to get there in terms of sustainability and get the right people in the right room to help drive that change? And of course, that's the that's the enthusiasts and the kind of people who are passionate about this. But it, it must have a leader sponsor. It must. Yes, I think it does. I would counter that to say it needs multiple leaders. I think if you just say it's just one person, like you're saying, like, well, this one person is responsible for for achieving sustainability in this business. Like, no, like it's not. It's everybody's responsibility. That one person to be responsible for all of it, I don't think it's right. I think, yes, you need that high level support. And that's the CEO. It's the person right at the top because they're the ones who's ultimately accountable for everything in that business. To then put, share that accountability for all sustainability to one sponsor, I don't feel it's right. I don't 
something that's fair, if you're talking about like a fair future. So actually, I think it needs to be spread out across multiple senior leaders. And is it all the people of influence to help drive the change where that impact is? Like it. Okay. How can we motivate um, our businesses? What can they do from today or tomorrow, maybe, to kind of push people into action, lead the way, make some changes? I think for me, it's all about making it local. There was a great podcast from the BBC quite a few years ago. They talked about sort of the communication challenge with uh, sustainability and climate change specifically, because it was all about, and even some of the films at the time, say, like The Day After Tomorrow, is about the polar ice caps. And it was about polar bears. And, you know, it's, it's all things very psychologically very far away. And what that meant is because these things were literally far away, the, the problem was far away in the future. Like, I'm never going to see a polar bear in the wild. I'm never going to see a polar ice cap. So for me, that is actually quite a long distance away. So my energy and investment into trying to solve it, I don't need to do it just yet. I can do it ages away. What we need to do as businesses is stop focusing on a global challenge. It's a many, many local challenges. Storm Babette hit the UK, but it didn't hit everywhere in the UK. Is about what's on your doorstep, what's happening to your neighbours, and go, how can we make change? Take Curries, for example. They're part of their initiative to tackle, well, to be more sustainable and to tackle climate change. Is yes, they're looking at doing lots of recycling of products. You can, you know, you can take any any kind of technology to a store and get a five pound voucher, and they will recycle that responsibly. That's a great part of it. But they're also trying to um, solve the digital digital poverty in the UK. So there are people out there who can't afford a mobile phone because they, they live in poverty. And so they are deprived of access to the world. And yes, Curry's are UK-wide, but they're like, this is one part that we can have an impact. So they're helping to raise funds, to do more in communities, to give people better access, to take them out of that. They can't take them out of poverty, but they might be able to help them out of digital poverty. And that's one way that, that they are trying to make a positive impact to society. And that will have a knock-on effect on sustainability as well. So okay. start to look at what you can do locally and challenge people to look like, right, you're a remote worker, you work from home. So from a, what can you do locally? Probably not a lot from a corporate level or from like an office level, but what's happening in your in your own world and how can the business support you do that? Is it making sure that you've got a, a, a greener energy tariff at home if you're working from home to your energy use? Or is it giving you more volunteering days to help out on a local charity close to your home because that's contributing to better sustainability. Love that. And I like how hyper relevant you can make it for people because as we know, relevance is everything. And you can tie that back into your brand, your supply chain, what works for you, whether you're a service provider, you know, you can just make it so relevant for your people, which I think, like you say, it's the key, right? Absolutely. Good stuff. Harry, thanks so much for joining me today. Really illuminating. Take care of yourself. Thank you very much. Thanks Thanks for having me along. If you want to explore this topic a little more, do join us later this month for our webinar, where you can put your questions to our expert panel. We'll share the details in the show notes and on our social channels. Want to continue the conversation in the meantime? Do come and chat to us over on X, formerly Twitter, at Scarlet Abbots, or drop us an email at hello at scarletabbot.co.uk. This episode marks the end of our World Changers 2023 podcast series. Thank you so much for listening over the past few months. And we look forward to seeing you again next year as we dive into World Changers 2024. Exciting. World Changers is a podcast by employee engagement consultancy Scarlet Abbott, hosted by Earl Bradley Cox. Find out more at scarletabbott.co.uk. 